Hello and welcome to Storehouse 7 Productions with me, Chris Wickland. Hope you are all doing well and that God is with you. And today we are concluding Revelation chapter 20. So this is part three today. So let's get straight to it. So we're going to start from verse seven. So Revelation 20 verse seven. When the thousand years are completed, Satan will be released from his prison. Now verse seven is a very interesting verse as it simply jumps from verse six with a thousand year interlude. Verse 7 is set after the thousand-year reign of Christ, whereas verse 6 is really the beginning of the millennial thousand-year reign of Christ. And there's no mention as to what goes on during that period of Christ's reign upon the earth, not a single word. Now, some may then conclude that maybe the concept of the millennial reign is a more symbolic one, or that maybe our understanding of a thousand-year reign may be incorrect. But the answer as to why nothing is mentioned should be glaringly obvious. It's because it has already been mentioned and in great detail, but not in the book of Revelation, but in the Old Testament, in books such as Isaiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Zechariah, and in some of the teachings of Christ in the Gospels. Now, the scope of this commentary will not cover those other books, but I will be doing in the, f in the future another podcast series on looking at end times through the book of Isaiah, etc., and uh, where we'll be able to look at themes such as the millennial reign, which are clearly taught in the prophetic books of the Old Testament in much more detail. So here are just a few random verses to give you a little taster of the thousand year reign. Isaiah 11, 9. They will not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Isaiah 19.24 In that day Israel will be the third party with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing in the midst of the earth. Isaiah 11.4 But with righteousness he will judge the poor and decide with fairness for the afflicted of the earth, and he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and the breath of his lips, and he will slay the wicked. Isaiah 11.6, and the wolf will dwell with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the young lion, and the fatling together, and a little boy will lead them. <coughs> Isaiah 65.20, no longer will they be, sorry, read this in English, no longer will there be in it an infant who lives but for a few days, or an old man who does not live out his days, for the youth will die at the age of, for the youth will die at the age of 100, and the one who does not reach the age of 100 will be thought of as accursed. Isaiah chapter 2 verses 2 to 4. Now it will come about that in the last days the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains, and will be raised above the hills, and all the nations will stream to it, and many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us concerning his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For the law will go out from Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, and he will judge between the nations, and will render decisions for many peoples. And they will hammer their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not lift up sword against nation, and never again will they learn war? So back to Revelation chapter 20, now putting verses seven and eight together. When the thousand years are completed, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog, 
and Magog, to gather them together for the war, the number of them is like the sand of the seashore. After the end of the thousand year reign of Messiah, Jesus upon the earth, the seventh thousandth year and Sabbath rest is now finally complete. Now Satan is released out of the abyss to be permitted to deceive the nations one more time. And he must do a very good job at this as the nations that come to attack Jerusalem, i.e. the beloved city in verse 9, are as numerous as the sand on the seashore. Now one may ask, why would God allow Satan out again to do this? Well, the answer is simple, I suppose. Even in a world full of peace, blessings and the presence of God, people with sinful hearts will always want to rebel against God and his ways. By the way, the resurrected saints do not get deceived, obviously, but many of the normal human nations who are still sinners will be enticed by their lusts and desires with the deceitful allure of the power of Satan. And there'll be many normal human people who will love Jesus at this time. But toward the end of the millennial reign, it's clear that the hearts of many will turn away from God also. Remember, sin always seeks to do one thing and one thing only, dethrone and kill God. And so the nations gather to dethrone and try to kill Jesus, the Messiah, who is very God upon the earth. And so begins the final Gog Magog war in which the enemies of God get totally defeated just as they did in the first Gog Magog war just prior to Jesus's return before the millennial reign. To see more on the Gog Magog war please see my commentary or listen to it on Revelation chapter 16 verse 21 and read Ezekiel chapters 38 to 39. Revelation 20 verses 9 to 10. And they came up on the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city and fire came down and devoured them. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are also. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. In verse nine, many nations upon the earth rise up to dethrone and kill God if such a thing were possible, to come against God, the saints of the blessed city, this city being the city of Jerusalem. The camp of the saints is likely based around the great city of Jerusalem so that they can live in proximity to their God. God destroys these foolish armies by pouring fire down from heaven. And uh, we can compare Ezekiel 38, 22 and Ezekiel 39, verse 6 here. So I'll just read these scriptures to you. So Ezekiel 38, 22, with pestilence and with blood, I will enter into judgment with him and will rain on him and on his troops and on the many peoples who are with him a torrential rain with hailstones, fire and brimstone. Ezekiel 39 verse 6, And I will send fire upon Magog and those who inhabit the coastlands in safety, and they will know that I am the Lord. Finally, the devil who had deceived the nations into warring against God is thrown alive into the lake of fire where the Antichrist and the miracle worker have already been for a thousand years. This is the final judgment for Satan where he will be tormented for all eternity, never to be released and where he will rot and be long forgotten forever. Isaiah 65, 17 says, See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered and nor will they come to mind. 
Revelation 20 verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. Now here we come to the final end of days judgment. Earth and heaven have fled away and no place was found for them before God's throne and presence. Here we can compile some scriptures to get a picture of what this looks like. Revelation 6.14, the heavens receded like a scroll being rolled up and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Isaiah 34 verse 4, all the stars in the sky will be dissolved and the heavens rolled up like a scroll. All the starry host will fall like withered leaves from the vine, like shriveled figs from the fig tree. 2 Peter 3.10, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. So the final chapter of our earth now comes to a close. All the heavens and the earth are dissolved in fire and are wrapped up to destruction. Why? Because our old world has had so much bloodshed and evil done upon it. Even during Christ's millennial reign, man is still rebellious. Thus, the old world needs to be destroyed to make way for the new heaven and new earth, which is soon to be revealed in Revelation chapter 21, with no stain of sin upon it. Revelation 20 verse 12, And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. So now we have the final end time judgment. This judgment is not I believe, for those Christians who were resurrected and raptured at Jesus's return. Rather, this is the judgment for all those who never received Jesus throughout all of living history from the beginning of the earth to the end, and for those who followed Jesus and died a natural death during the millennial reign of Christ. Now, you will note that there are two books which parallels the two trees in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapters 2 and 3. One book is the knowledge of good and evil, i.e. the book that will judge them on what they did and didn't do, sins of commission and sins of omission. The second book parallels the tree of life, which is the Lamb's book of life. If your name was written here, then you'd be able to come into the new heaven and the new earth. If your name was not found in the book of life, then you would be cast into the lake of fire for all eternity. <coughs> now, although I'm not entirely sure if these scriptures are appropriate for this moment in history, but they add some substance and possible some meaning to this final judgment. So uh, just bear with me. Uh, so in Matthew 25 verses 1 to 13, uh, we have the parable of the ten virgins. Five were wise, i.e. they accepted the oil of salvation, and five were unwise, they only had the oil of works. Then the master returns and only those with enough oil, enough oil made it into the kingdom. The five foolish virgins didn't have enough oil as personal works can never be enough to enter heaven. Only the oil of the spirit through salvation in Christ. No, all ten virgins fell asleep in death and all were awakened from the sleep of death. Only the wise virgins with the oil of salvation got into heaven. Well, I say heaven, uh, just the, the next age, the next kingdom. In Matthew 25, verses 31 to 46, we have the parable of the separation of the sheep and the goats. The theme here is faith and works. If one has faith in God, then they will do good works. Those who have no faith have no motivation to do so. Then comes the separation of the sheep and the goats, the sheep to eternal life, the goats 
to eternal destruction. In Matthew 22 verses 1 to 14, we have the parable of the wedding feast. Here, many were invited, but only some accepted. And one could only come into the wedding wearing the provided wedding garments. The garments represent being clothed in Christ's righteousness, not our own. All those who were not dressed appropriately and did not accept the invitation were sent to eternal destruction. Revelation 20 verses 13 to 14. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every one of them according to their deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. Verse 13 is simply stating that wherever someone died, whether in the sea or in the grave, they were brought out of those places physically whilst their souls were pulled from Hades, the realm of the partially judged dead. Remember, we looked at the two resurrections in the previous podcast. So here we have their physical remains reconstructed from the grave, whether in land or sea, and their souls are then reunited out of death and Hades so that they stand alive to be judged by the living God. Verse 14, then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. After all angels and humanity have been judged, all, and I say angels, I mean wicked angels, all the wicked go to eternal destruction into the lake of fire. Hades or Sheol, the place of the dead for those not in covenant with God, is now redundant, that place where they've been stored, so to speak, and kept in, in chains or in, in, you know, in like uh, prison. And that, and that physical place of Sheol, Hades, it's the same thing, which resides under the earth, and bear in mind that the earth has been burnt up and dissolved in fire, that that place is now discarded and thrown into the lake of fire to be destroyed. Finally, death is also thrown into the lake of fire. Now, we're not sure if death is something personal, like an, a, an actual creature, or it's a metaphor, but death has finally been defeated, and mankind in the new heaven and new earth will never die, because there is no sin, and where there is no sin, there is no death. Thus, sin and death have finally been vanquished. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So here's just a handful of scriptures for some further study here. Romans 8, 38 to 39, 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 57, John 11, 25 to 26, John 3, 16, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9, Revelation 1, 17 to 18, Revelation 14, verse 13, Romans 14, 7 to 9, Philippians 1, 21 to 23, 2 Timothy 4, 7 to 8, Revelation 21, 4, James 1, 12, 1 Corinthians 14, 42 to 44, Romans 6, 23, and 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18. I could have gone on and on and on, but that's enough just to get your teeth into. So we have now finally concluded chapter 20. So until next time, God bless you all and thanks for listening. See you again soon. Bye-bye.